And we are gathered around again together to listen to Mrs. Scriptkeeper tell us a story. I'm Mr. Scriptkeeper. <laughs> I'm Mrs. Scriptkeeper. And this is the Dipshit Files, episode 48. Oh, wow. And I love the title of this episode. It's Yellowstone Weirdness. A cryptid's tale. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that says it all. So let's just open up this fucking file and look at it. So what are we in for today? It sounds, I mean, we know Yellowstone. I think we all know about beautiful, Yellowstone. Beautiful, I've never Yellowstone. been there. I've, I've, you know, I've never been there either. Okay. So um, but some of the people listening have. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely beautiful from the pictures and stuff. Um, amazing. So picture that, that shit right. that you saw um, at well, one point. Basically there's, I have so many stories that I dug up. I'm only, I, I tried to figure out which ones I was going to share today and I've decided <laughs> that I'm going to split this up into uh, at least two episodes, okay. um, potentially three. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do these down the road. Yeah, down yeah. the road. Yeah. So this is basically uh, a cryptid's tale part one. And <laughs> what is um, going on in Yellowstone? There's exactly there's some really weird shit. And I in my research, I found a bunch of articles. I listened to a bunch of other like podcasters. Um, you know, looked right. into a bunch of stuff and. This is kind of going around. Uh, there's so many weird fucking stories. Um, <laughs> it's and the American urban legend crap. It, but it's, this is just a bastion of it. It is, yeah. and there's and it's been, but it's been going on for no offense for with the crap, you know, I don't decades mean and decades. Up. I mean, this Good is Lord. like this is like the uh, breadbasket of cryptid folklore. <laughs> <laughs> nice, really, really interesting. So Anyways, you've stumbled across, you know, fucking there's a, a so, little treasure trove. There's so many. So the the stories that I'm going to share today are shared. I collected these from their tales from one individual who collected these things. Okay. So uh, this person, well, well, we'll get into it. So you'll get to learn a little bit about this guy. But basically, he's a career park ranger. Uh, retired cryptozoologist no no okay. no he just started because he had some of his own experiences he started asking around okay and uh, evidently that is not encouraged by or at least it wasn't during this period of time during the 90s it wasn't encouraged ah, okay. you don't ask questions you right. just do your job um, but it's interesting so this this one individual a lot of these stories were shared over I think believe it was reddit um but they you know they're kind of published all over the place at this sure. point so so super highly fact-checked stories uh, there is no way to fact check this shit that's <laughs> just it that's there's no way to well, fact that in fact these are and this is anecdotal evidence and personal experience yeah well you could grab those kids and put some probes in their butts and faces and ears <laughs> and you could probably look at their uh, uh, take away all their personal rights yeah yeah. Yeah. You I mean, know, that's a way to shove do. shit up their ass. That's a way to get some evidence and stuff. I think, <laughs> I think that works every time. That's what the, anyway, uh, moving along. Moving along. So uh, are we, uh, do you want to start? I think it's time to tell us a story. Scatcast presents Yellowstone Weirdness, a cryptid tale. <laughs> Yellowstone National Park is 3,500 square miles of rugged wilderness. 
gorgeous landscapes and evidently strange happenings that some folks might consider you crazy for talking about. It's also a place I will avoid probably because bears live there. I want to go to Yellowstone. And mosquitoes. I, I, I can't wanna, wait for you to tell me all I, about I wanna, how you enjoyed <laughs> and experienced Yellowstone. I've, I've never been and I'd like to go. Okay. Take lots of pictures. Yellowstone is a beautiful, fascinating place, but you'd be foolish to say it isn't dangerous. That's what I'm saying. Not only because of the expansive wilderness that you might easily get lost in, but the nature. also due to the things out Let's there go. that might just be waiting for you to get lost. Let's go. <laughs> Sold. So I've compiled some allegedly true experiences from Yellowstone, and I'm going to share them with you today. Allegedly true. Allegedly true. Now, these <coughs> they're stated as facts. Mm-hmm. Um, their personal experiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, each one of the stories I'm going to tell you today, all is, of these experiences are actually filtered through another person. And also drug use. So right there. Lots of drugs. Because uh, <laughs> because they're filtered through another person, they're not going to be nearly as uh, pristine, I guess. Isn't that what you do when you go to Yellowstone? You go and you get blasted. Isn't I, that is that a word? Bla- I don't, you I get don't inebriated. think so. I don't think so. Okay, good. I, who are you? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Why the hell did you bring so much booze? Now, camping is not fun without booze, Dave. Right, but this is a lot of booze. There's a lot of nature to drown out. The first story comes from a park ranger and was submitted to a few online outlets. Uh, that's All of these stories are coming from this one ranger. Mm-hmm. So this guy allegedly worked in Yellowstone Park from 1996 to 2002, and he shared his experiences along with sharing multiple stories of his colleagues. Please tell me his name's like Ranger Dan or something. I don't know what his name actually is. Oh, can we call him Ranger Dan? He's going by Jim. Ranger Jim? Oh, <laughs> Ranger Jim. Oh, he's Ranger Jim and he's coming to town and he's going to teach you some shit. It's Ranger Jim. He's going to teach you about nature and all its mysticism. What? I don't know. Ranger Jim. He's a nature guy. He's out there in that nature, looking at nature, right in his nature eye. Ranger Jim. He's not quite mighty morphin. Ranger Jim. His name is Ranger Jim. Jim. Ranger Jim's gonna punch a fucking cryptid in the face. Ranger Jim. Ranger Jim. So everything I'm sharing with you, Jim is, okay, sorry. everything I'm sharing with you seemingly took place in 1996. Now at this time, through the eyes of Ranger Jim, at this time, sorry. wolves had already been reintroduced to Yellowstone as of 1995. Okay. Now it happened on a late May evening. The park ranger, and we'll call him Jim, had we'll received. We'll call him Ranger Jim. <laughs> he received a call about a woman who was attacked by a huge wolf near Firehole River. This. <laughs> oh, I'm having a nice day. Already. Oh, this Ranger was... Jim, I got you, and they're down by Firehole River. <laughs> Don't worry, Ranger Jim will save you. Ranger Jim, comes, every comes. He's dragging down Firehole River. Gonna save a motherfucker from a wolf. He's dragging down Firehole River, baby. This is just good times. We haven't even gotten started yet. Ranger Jim and Firehole River. Let's do this. This was an extremely disturbing call for Jim, particularly because the Firehole Canyon area is a very popular tourist spot in Yellowstone National Park, and especially so during the mid to late summer months when it is open to the public. I'm certainly late on those jokes. I'm sure that most of the people that walk through that area are like, oh, that's some Firehole fucking Diarrhea Canyon. Yeah, and they get the look that I'm getting right now. Okay, moving on. After Jim and a group of his colleagues had arrived on the scene, mm-hmm. 
The woman was in a very bad way, bleeding profusely from her wounds. Clearly, she would not survive if she didn't receive medical assistance immediately. Save me, Ranger Jim. <laughs> oh, my God. Am I going to be able to get through this? Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get through this sorry. today. I'm, I'm pulling it together. Fortunately, they jumped to action and were able to save her life. But she had some really deep open <laughs> wounds along her sides and her legs. These wounds appeared to be slashes, where it appeared as if something with five fingers had tried to grab her, but she escaped. Now, when she was questioned further by the park rangers, I can see you're struggling over there. You're trying really hard. I'm just doing my best. When she was questioned further by the park rangers, her story never wavered. She told them that some sort of upright wolf had come out of the wood line and actually tried to grab her and chased her when she ran. She said this thing grabbed her, but she was able to wiggle free. However, in the process, it had tore open her legs and her side. Did you say say upright wolf-like? Yeah. Did it have eight titties? There were never breasticles discussed. Okay. No. So it's just up in the air. It could have, though. It could have been. I'm not saying it didn't. It neither did nor didn't Hmm. have boobs. These reports didn't disclose Hmm. the name of this victim, however, did state that psychologically she seemed fine, except for completely terrified to even go back into that area, let alone to the national park. She just kept describing it as a big wolf. If we look at this story critically, could this simply just be a misidentification Was she possibly attacked by a bear or maybe a wolf and somehow she just imagined it walking on two legs? The problem with this theory is that even Jim shot that same idea down, saying the claw marks were not only five digits, Mm. but it seemed like that of a hand or like a clawed hand. Like a dog man. With how it seemed to grab her leg and her side. Mm -hmm. He also went on to state that if you look at the paw size of a wolf compared to the size of this hand or whatever that tried to grab her, it was much larger. And as we know, bears don't actually grab hold of their prey with a paw, Mm. at least not in the way that this was evidenced. So after being questioned by the authorities and the rangers, she was pretty adamant about her story. She's like, this is for sure, Mr. Fuggles. She described it as not being a bear at all, but it was very much like a wolf. Mm. And that it looked like it had wolf, it looked like a wolf with ears that actually like stood up on the top of its head. And it had eight titties and it was probably part squirrel too. It was unmistakably canine is what she said. And it had a very large muscly chest. (laughs) (laughs) Of course it did. Uh, Very large muscly chest. And she said it was probably around nine or 10 feet tall. This is a serious problem apparently across this. I mean, this is a long ways away from Maine. That's for damn sure. The creature she described at the time truly baffled everybody who helped patch her up because what she had described was clearly impossible. Even Jim admits uh, that with something this massive and dangerous, why did it let her go? Right. If it was, if it was trying to grab her, then it clearly had nefarious motives. Well, I mean, Mr. Fuggles has a heart. Though. It He's likely gonna... wanted to kill and eat her. So right. why did it just let her go? And wh- then why did it mysteriously disappear? However, on the flip side, why was she so completely terrified? And how could you explain those horrendous slash wounds on her sides and her legs? Right. Even Jim had admitted that it actually looked like something with hands, four fingers and a thumb, with large claws, 
had tried to physically grab and stop her from escaping. And had she not got the medical treatment, she would have likely bled out. Now, I didn't really find any detail about how she was able to make the call or if other people around her found her and then alerted the park rangers and emergency staff to get the attention she needed. But one thing that's clear from this case is if something like this really is out there in the woods that is this large, that's able to inflict this type of damage to people, could this possibly explain the other missing hikers and people in the woods? I mean, there's so many stories about people that just poof, gone, disappear. Right. Um, so many strange deaths and stuff. So, Or did this woman simply just have some sort of mental breakdown or hallucination and then run herself through some thorn bushes to the point where she was all slashed up? You to know, the point where she was going to die? I don't know. That's I, I know. It seems awfully strange. And it sounded like the wounds were extremely deep and life-threatening. Right. So, but, but it could have been a cougar or a bear it, or... It could have been. Fuggles. It, it could have been. So with Jim talking about how disturbing it was seeing this really set a tone for what was to come in the park less than a month later. Now, in late June, a young couple were camping near the lake... And they actually complained to the staff about feeling uncomfortable the entire night and stated they felt like they were being watched. The man also complained of hearing what sounded like a pack of wild dogs making a bunch of noise out in the woods. It apparently had kept these people up all night, but it was evidently more than just an annoyance because this actually spooked them into completely leaving. Now, If you look at this story on its face, there could be a lot of explanations for something like this. However, with how scared they were, something just did not add up. And similar accounts and reports had been popping up all over the park during the same time. And Ranger Jim took care of ratting down all of them (laughs) for for us to know about. Now, there was nothing major like bodies being found at this time or strange creatures being seen. But... Little things like people talking about the feeling of being watched in certain areas of the park or people seeing strange shadows moving amongst the trees. And even one couple who allegedly saw a glowing pair of eyes watching them on a night hike. Those are just the minor accounts and reports that had actually been filed and discussed between staff personnel and the visitors. Well, they do know that there are animals in Yellowstone Park. Now, these obviously don't account for any of the stories that had gone uh, unreported. And as a matter of fact, that same year, in mid-July, a colleague of Jim's was walking from Pocket Lake where he had told Jim about a pretty terrifying experience that he had with a baboon-like creature. Now, we're kind of moving Which away. Which Jim is this? Is this a new Jim or is this Ranger same Jim? Same Jim. This is Ranger this is, Jim. Thank and you, thank you. Ranger Jim's a uh, colleague. Let's just try and keep the gyms separate. This there's is, a lot of gyms in this story. There's, there's only one gym in well, this story. It seems like just there will one. be more gyms. We want to kind of differentiate. <laughs> so this person shared that something was following him along the wood line. And the entire time he sensed that he was like in, he was in danger. His hackles were up. Who was in danger? The person. There is no name to this person. Can this we, is Jim's can we call colleague. Him Ranger Jim's colleague. Ranger Jim's colleague. Can we call him Ranger Joe? Are you confusing our listeners? I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) So he was feeling like he was in danger. So he stopped and he looked and he could see this large, like lumbering shape hiding behind the trees, but just kind of quietly watching him. And he was like, Larry. As he made it back to the main trail, he finally caught a glimpse of this thing 
peering out from behind a large tree looking at him. And he claimed its face looked like some sort of deformed baboon or something, but it was massive. It was like 10 feet tall, if not larger. This totally terrified this man. Now, this man is another park ranger. So Jim's colleague, they're both park rangers. Ranger Joe, Ranger Jim. (laughs) So this totally terrified this man, but due to the nature of what he saw and the whole weird experience, he decided to just keep it to himself and not talk about it to anybody else except Jim and a couple of other colleagues who evidently all shared similar experiences in and around that same area. Hmm. Now, all rangers, it sounds like. Yes. Hmm. Jim didn't share any of those other experiences that I could find, but what he did share would just solidify that in 1996 and the years to come, uh, weird shit was going on in the park that nobody could explain. Right. Now, this weird shit isn't your typical missing person in the woods stories. These are personal experiences shared by logical people, people who had made a career out of working as park rangers. These people were experiencing bizarre phenomena. Jim actually did tell one story from a colleague that he called Kyle. Was this civilian Jim? No, this is Ranger Jim. Okay. Ranger Jim. These are people that don't deserve to be mocked by podcasters, that's for sure. Right. Ranger Jim. Ranger Jim. Uh, Yes. Another colleague, Ranger Kyle. (laughs) (laughs) Why do I find that amusing? Okay. I don't know. I'm back on. Um, But he he called this guy Kyle. So Ranger Kyle. This guy had a pretty terrifying experience, one that he can't explain. So... Jim shares Kyle's experience about a week before his baboon-like sighting, okay? (laughs) Yeah. An elderly couple called the rangers complaining about something trying to break into their trailer. This very pleasant elderly couple from Iowa had brought their RV to camp in, and the older gentleman explained that something that morning, he heard something large going around the RV, banging on the walls, trying to get into the RV completely spooked he thought it was somebody trying to break in so Hmm. he takes a peek out the window like the door window and he's met with two glowing eyes looking back at him from right outside the window always pleasant and then the lips of this thing slowly curled back to show its teeth also pretty encouraging completely terrified he ends up hiding in the back of the rv with his wife and waiting for this thing to move on i don't blame him i probably would have done the same thing i want to know how literally many people would be like i'll go kick its ass no i i I would slink back into the back of the rv wrap myself in a blanket and just sit there and breathe very shallowly (laughs) man you gotta go out there and fight that creature man go fight yourself you're bigger than me, man. Go fight the thing. You're the one always punching things. You're the one that wanted to go into nature dive. Save us from the nature dive. So after about an hour or so, everything had gone quiet and still. So, curious, he crept to the RV door and opened it up just a little bit and tried to peek around outside to see if whatever this thing was was still in the area. Mm. However, he was slapped in the face by this terrible stench. Mm. One he describes as wet dog and urine. Nice. And he claims it was so overpowering that he had to actually like cover his face, hold his nose to keep from gagging and vomiting right there. It's good, good vibe. So as daylight broke, he contacted the staff, and since Kyle, Ranger Kyle, was closest, ah. he went to speak to this couple, sorry. and this is the story they shared. Well, now, Ranger Kyle, sorry, Kyle did his best to rationalize and reassure them, explaining. That it could have just been a bear and was asking them if they had left any food out at any time during the previous day or night. 
This couple adamantly denied doing any of those types of things. But Kyle could see that these two people were undeniably terrified. Right. But they could have still been irresponsible and just lying. Potentially. Uh, But they loaded up and left as soon as the conversation was done with Kyle. They're like, we are fucking out of here. (laughs) Am I being detained? Because I'm out of here, I'm out of here. Because of their fear and how sure they were of what they saw, Kyle decided to dig just a bit further, inspecting the area. But he found no tracks or trace of or any other signs of this thing that was ever there. However, he did say that when he first arrived, he smelled this putrid odor of wet dog and urine around the RV. Right. The smell, just as the older man had described, was lingering in the area, but it was much more... uh, faint around the rv just not as strong as the elder elderly man had described it so this couple had clearly dealt with something but what super skunk he's not too sure again due to the strange nature of this encounter and case kyle ranger kyle Mm. never reported this to his superiors and only shared this story amongst his friends and colleagues why kyle why why would you could you could you imagine you're a professional you're ranger. a park ranger. And you're going to go I... back to your superiors and they're like, Bigfoot showed up. You didn't have to say Bigfoot. You can be like, Stinky. They said Bigfoot <laughs> showed up. And they said this. And I they know. said that. You and would it lose, also did stink. You would lose if if people... <sighs> well, how do we do science if we can't report I under- things that people actually see and hear? I understand that. How do you... I, oh, I completely Kyle. agree with you. How do you do science if, when people don't report what they've seen? Right. How do you? Well, who's who's in charge of this stuff? I don't know. Is it Ranger Jim? I don't. Does Ranger Ranger Jim's on the side of the uh, finding the cryptids? I think. I don't know. I know that he wants to get to the bottom of weird experiences right. because okay. uh, these are only a few. So of is Ranger. there a Ranger Todd There's who's a, in charge of every Ranger? I don't know, but I want to talk of, to Ranger Todd. All of these experiences happened in 1996. Let us do science, Ranger <laughs> Todd. All right, now this next story that was shared with Jim, even he admitted that he had a hard time believing it. But okay. the gentleman who shared it with him was a longtime Ranger and oh. member of the park personnel. Ranger Toby. Unfortunately, he passed away in 2006 due to pancreatic cancer, which he had been battling for years. This guy... Way to throw that at me while I'm being a total dipshit. This guy was (laughs) evidently a very analytical and serious person. He was not a storyteller. He didn't make things up. He was also uh, very to the point. He was one of those no-nonsense kind of guys. Ranger Randy. Because he had this long family history of outdoorsy kind of folks, he grew up in the outdoors, hunting with his grandparents and father. Ranger Ron. Before finally becoming a park ranger and pursuing that career his entire life. This man had experienced it all over the decades. He faced all the out-in-the-wild situations, from dealing with bears to mountain lions, etc. This man was at home in the woods, and nothing really frightened him. But he told Jim of an experience that was really one of the only times that he was ever truly afraid outside. He shared that while out in the backcountry of Yellowstone in like 1993, I think, as Jim recalled it, and remember, this was before wolves had been reintroduced to the park. Right, that that wouldn't happen until two years later, right? right? So on many occasions during the springtime, this older gentleman, who Jim never named, would find what appeared to be massive canine tracks in the snow and the mud all throughout various parts of the backcountry. 
So dog feet. But yes, there's the unsettling part. These tracks, uh, here's the unsettling part. These, these tracks weren't just tracks. They were bipedal, which did not make any sense. I mean, not only were there not any wolves here, but for them to be of this size and walking on two legs, it just didn't make any sense. Now, the first time he saw this, he wrote it off, but they kept appearing and most often near and around bodies of water. While he had no explanation for it, and he did find it extremely bizarre, he simply assumed that it may be a disfiguration or maybe a distortion in the mud and that there had to be a very logical explanation for right. it. So yeah. he just left it at that. However, not long after, this man would say he made the most disturbing finding of all and would experience something that completely terrified him. Spring was beginning to take hold and was like May or June and things were really starting to warm up. As he was hiking around, he came to a small clearing in the woods. What he had actually stumbled upon was a fresh kill. Now, fresh kill in Yellowstone is not anything new because there are predators like, you know, bears out there. But right, this, yeah. this kill would defy all that he knew. And even Jim had a hard time accepting this story at first because it's just so out there. So... The kill that this gentleman found was that of a grizzly bear. This bear was dead there on the ground right in front of him. But the manner that it was killed was bizarre. So right next to this bear's body was a young, uprooted white spruce tree. And after taking a good look at the scene, he told Jim that after inspecting, it appeared that something had grabbed this young white spruce, literally pulled it out of the ground, and used it as a weapon to beat this grizzly bear to death. Whoa. And this grizzly bear's skull was actually caved in from the sheer amount of force of being beaten over the head. Wow. Okay. Now, on top of that weirdness, its body appeared to have been mangled and beaten as if it had been ran over by several trucks. Hmm. Very strange. Now, anybody who knows anything about bears, a bear's skull is very hard. <laughs> right. Uh, they're very powerful, very powerful creatures. Not a lot of people are punching bears in the face no. and getting, getting away with uh, it. Its head was caved in. Now, something had clearly pulverized a full-grown grizzly bear. He could just could sim- he simply couldn't believe his eyes. It defied all logic and reasoning. But as he inspected further and took a closer look around the bear's body, he noticed something even more unsettling than the condition in which this mangled bear was left. He found large, as Jim recalled, human-like tracks, Hmm. five toes in all, and very deep in the earth. They were about 17 to 19 inches long, and that these circled all around the bear and then went off a little ways into the brush where they began to fade away. Now, totally perplexed by what he was seeing, and out of blind curiosity, he decided to follow it a little ways where he came across a large hole. And the way he explained it was it was almost dug into the side of a small hill. He told Jim the rough dimensions were about five feet wide and maybe about seven feet tall. The guy said it looked like something had actually dug a hole, not with tools, but it looked like primitively dug, almost like a a groundhog hole. Hmm dug into the earth about seven or ten feet where he could barely see the opening of a larger area. Now that's getting off the grid, right? He stated the odor that was coming out of this hole was like 
that of putrid, rotten body odor and skunk. I mean, you could bring Old Spice with you. you (laughs) Go off the grid. Now, even though he didn't go into this opening, he said he stood right by it and he could peer down into it. And this tunnel thing sloped down roughly about 95 degrees before it dropped off into this weird dark chamber area. He told Jim that he believed that whatever killed this grizzly bear was living in this quote-unquote den. He also why, why I wonder. He also said that same musty, ah, stinky, no. skunky odor was all around the bear where yeah. the bear was. Oh. And in that cave, too? And in that cave, too. All right, that makes sense. As he stood there trying to wrap his mind around what he was seeing and how any of it could make any sense, he started to get the sensation that something was watching him. He felt as if he was in imminent danger, like something was stalking or hunting him. So instinctively, he turned to leave and went the same way he came in. And he told Jim that... As he left and walked through the scene, he was able to see something he didn't see the first time. That on that young white spruce that was uprooted from the ground, there was actually dried blood all along the one side of it, as if it were actually used as a weapon to beat this bear with. Wow. This sight just further spooked him, and as he was leaving the clearing, he could hear something very large barreling through the woods heading his way, (laughs) and whatever this was had abruptly stopped right by the opening where the tree line was. He said he could hear it breathing really heavily, and it reminded him of somebody who had suffered from emphysema or some sort of respiratory disorder. So he was able to escape out there with no harm inflicted, but tells Jim that that was the most terrified he's ever been and could not explain the scene he found that day. Hmm. Did he ever go back, I wonder? I don't know. Hmm. So Jim goes on to say that he and his colleagues had never found anything quite as disturbing as that, but that another one of his colleagues, now these are all rangers, uh, this, so this other colleague and a very close friend whom we, he'd worked with for several years had strange experiences with what he called aliens or UFOs, seeing strange balls of light moving in the trees uh, in the sky at night. Now, these are things he could not explain. They were disappearing and reappearing and then moving around, uh, apparently, through the sky. And this had been going on for weeks. Uh, He didn't tell anybody because, of course, crazy guy, right? Right. So he just kind of kept it to himself. But one evening, he had been making his rounds, and he was speaking to a couple from Ohio. And they were pretty spooked because evidently this large person, or as they described it, a large hairy person Mm -hmm. had been following them on the hiking trail throughout their entire hike and that what they originally thought was a bear turned out to not be a bear although they didn't know what it was so while a lot of people do report bigfoot like activity he wasn't really buying this story until one evening when he was driving on a dirt road and out of nowhere his entire vehicle became engulfed in this really blinding light where he actually had to stop and hold up his arms to shield his eyes from the bright light because it was so painful. He told Jim that out of nowhere, these (laughs) small, roughly three and a half feet tall beings with bulbous heads, gray skin, and large black eyes 
had all appeared around his vehicle, speaking to him telepathically. No. Telling him the time frame in which he was going to die. Fuck no. And that they were there to warn mankind of the uh, upcoming disasters, and that the only way to save themselves as humans was to leave the planet. And that's when Ranger Dude started shooting. After that, his memory turned foggy, and he just remembers waking up on the side of the road. He said it felt so very real, and it was unlike any dream or experience he's ever had. And he's been looking for that same dealer ever since. <laughs> and he's had no past experiences or, or hallucinations or any sort of drug use, and tells Jim that the experience completely terrified him, so much so that he actually went out on his own and got a psych evaluation. Oh, wow. It was during this same experience that's also somehow four hours had passed and he said to him it, he could have sworn it had only been like three or four minutes after this experience he also found two small horizontal puncture wounds on the back of his neck upon further inspection by medical professionals there wasn't anything under the skin no metal plating no sort of crazy inserts just two small horizontal identical puncture wounds that couldn't be explained hmm. but his claim was that he had no idea how they got there and that they were right at the base of his skull. Right. So as, as you know, the problem with these rangers, yeah, is that I bet you're going to tell me aren't they're you? they're not mighty or morphin, <laughs> and their power seems you know they need those things to really kind of do mighty morphin power rangers. Something like really. That. Something, I'm sorry. As spring and summer turned into fall, another gentleman shared his story with Jim about when he and his girlfriend were camping within Yellowstone's borders. Now this is a story. Uh, from a civilian, not a park ranger. Not a this ranger. is a visitor, right? Okay, visitor Bob. Visitor. So they were awakened one night by a strange guttural noise outside their tent. Not really afraid, but unsure of what was making this noise, the guy climbs out of the tent with his flashlight and scans the surrounding area, but he doesn't see anything. Um, and his girlfriend decides that she's just going to go lay back down. However, when he goes out, about his second scan and he sweeps his flashlight the light beam catches something these bright yellow eyes are watching him from about 30 feet away whatever it was was so black that the light didn't even illuminate it hmm. it he got really creeped out it was like illuminating a shadow it just kind of ate up the light hmm. he stated that he instantly froze with fear almost dropping his flashlight the guttural growling sounded similar to what he would describe as as like a lion's growl. Not a, a roar, but a guttural growl. Hmm. So he bolts back into his tent, gripping the only weapon he has, and it's a pocket knife. Jeesh. And the night, he realized, was so still around him. There was nothing. He couldn't hear the growling anymore, but there were also no crickets. There was nothing. It was absolutely still. They were all scared of this thing. Totally terrified, he laid awake there the entire night. And in the morning, he still felt an ominous presence. Mm. He told Ranger Jim that he had been camping since he was a kid, and he had never had any sort of experiences like this before. There are so many stories I could share, but these are just a handful of really weird and unexplained experiences that had happened in Yellowstone National Park to so people just rangers like rangers that should know 
Right. They see a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and all of these stories occurred in 1996. Now, in future episodes, I'm going to cover more weirdness from this gorgeous park. Um, I have a whole collection from 1997 and one fucking doozy from 94. Okay. I mean, wow. I was going to put it in this one. It was super long and <laughs> it deserves its own space, it, I guess. It's gonna it's gonna be the central focal point of the next episode because okay. good God, this one's weird. Okay. Um, not, not next week's episode, but the next episode. Right, in, in the this next series. episode is in this the series. series? Right. Yeah, you know, maybe. All right. So could this really be work of the supernatural, no, the not. paranormal, no, cryptids, no, or simply all fabrications and probably. misidentifications of something natural? Yeah. Or is it just the Fuggles family? It's the Fuggles. I mean, it's, <laughs> which is natural. I mean, it's normal to have a dog man squirrel with eight titties. Okay. Well, yeah, I'll, let, I'll let you be the judge. I'm judging it. I'm I, telling you. I, I'm convinced. <laughs> no more convincing necessary. Mr. Fuggles exists. Uh, well, From I, Maine to obviously now down all the way down to Yellowstone. I think that we need to talk about this on the other side of this, uh, you know, sound thingy. Okay. Sound thingy time. And what sort of conclusion will our dipshits have? Eh. So what the hell, what do you think? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's I not don't Mr. Know. Fuggles because Mr. Fuggles doesn't go down that. He doesn't come How this do far west, know? I don't think. From, what I, I don't, from this all woman my extensive saw research. the rippling chest muscles. That's true. You're right. You're right. You know, and, the odor I, and, the, and I didn't even tell you about that. I, I didn't share didn't, it with you. I just, saved it because I'm like, he is going to lose his shit. When <laughs> I, <laughs> it is Mr. Fuggles out there rolling around. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I have a really difficult time. I've been camping a lot in my life. Um, have you I, seen anything that can beat a bear to death? No. A moose, maybe, could stomp a bear to death. I don't even know that. But probably not I don't, with a tree. I don't think so. It's a grizzly bear, first of all. They're quite a bit larger. Right. Uh, quite a bit more powerful than your standard brown, black, or cinnamon bear. Um, maybe what, if maybe when they're younger. What about a caramel bear or a nougat bear? I don't think a moose can stomp a grizzly bear. Maybe. I don't know. I've never seen it, I've, but I've also never looked for it. So How about maybe. A, a gummy bear? Could you even possibly stop no, i'm sorry okay so what's wrong with me go ahead i don't know i had a really really weird experience when i was camping in colorado um but it was very normal very natural but it was scary as fuck for colorado so like yeah so i was normal for them i was parking parking i was camping way up at timberline at the tree line way 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 up there and um nope. i was in a tent and i heard i woke up because i heard these weird noises outside the tent letting you know you're right where you should be and i could hear like huffing sounds like blowing huffing sounds mm -hmm. and i can hear the gravel making noise which is um, what you want to hear when you're out there camping right by yourself no, no no i was with a whole group of people okay but it was way after we went to bed i mean we're probably like 1 2 o'clock in the morning at this point you were like an eight-piece McPerson? Eight-piece McPerson? Uh, I, I don't know. No, there were three tents. So it, Six-piece. It was three It was three of us in my tent, two in another tent, and two in another tent. Seven-piece yeah. McPerson. All and right. then there was a, a, there was, everybody had kids. So basically, oh. I had my daughter. You know, everyone mm, had kids. Ten-piece. So anyways. <laughs> Sorry. I listened for a minute, and I decided to because i kept hearing intermittent sounds so i decided to 
unzip my tent quietly, <laughs> peek out and find out what it was. Uh, I couldn't find my flashlight. That was the weird thing. I had this giant, like, two-foot mag light right. that weighed, like, 80,000 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I and one of those. Those I, are rad. I love them. Yeah. But I couldn't find it. So I was fishing around. I didn't want to wake my daughter up. She was only, like, two at the time. And um, anyway, so I popped my head out of the tent slowly. And I had to sit there and be completely still and silent for a moment because it was so dark. It was so dark out there. I think it was a new moon night. There was no light. Mm. And it was so black that I was waiting for my eyes to adjust from the dark of the tent to the dark of the outside. And I was trying to get my eyes to adjust. And they did very slowly. And I saw a movement right in front of me. Nope. Like right in front of me. Oh boy. And I, but I was being super, super still. And as my eyes adjusted, I saw this shape that kind of moved a little bit. And it was probably a foot away from me, maybe uh, on the ground. And mm. I was like, oh, there's something right there. And I'm thinking, is it a frog? What is that? And it moved again a little bit. And then I realized that it was a lot bigger than I thought it was. Oh no. And it wasn't a frog, it was a hoof. And it was attached to a leg. And as I was traveling up, I couldn't see it very clearly because it was so dark. It was a fucking elk. It was so huge. I'm on the ground. And elk are big anyways. Uh And uh, yeah, it was its foot, its hoof was about a foot away from the opening of my tent. And he was just standing there. <clears throat> what I could see that's better than what it could have been I guess right in a lot of ways well what I could see when I looked up because this there were so many stars there was no light but there were a lot of stars was I could see the shape of this elk turning his head sniffing the air and looking around cool blocking out the stars like <laughs> that's silhouette. how I that's how I could see him cool. and so I just slowly backed back into the tent and slowly zipped that fucker back up <laughs> not to startle anyone and laid back down very quietly on my sleeping please bag it was don't like trample me please don't trample my tent yeah. exactly um, but that was the only real scary experience that I had uh, Aside from being in Yosemite, I was 16, 15, mm-hmm. somewhere in there. And uh, like I said, we used to go on these long hiking trips and uh, camping trips where we'd be gone for days. Awful. And uh, I enjoyed them. I loved it. Terrible. So we had basically hiked in about two, two and a half miles. It wasn't really far from where we were, where we came from. Actually, no, I think we were about four miles in when uh, we set up camp. And um, I remember I was sleeping. Of course, you know, you have to hang hang your food, try right. and get it way, way off the ground. And when you hang your food, you want it like, <laughs> you still might attract bears, you know. But when you hang it, you got to have it like 15, 20 feet off the ground. It's way the hell up there. And so um, we found out later that the person that we were camping with decided to bury his food because he heard that if you bury it you're fine but he barely buried it and you could see the shit like sticking out of the dirt and what did he bring dumbass brought fucking frozen steaks he brought frozen fucking steaks on a camping trip and he didn't cook them that night and they're thawing in the heat anyways 
attracted all kinds of animals. Shame for shame. So the thing is, I woke up and, and I heard these weird sounds and I knew, you know, when you hear weird shit outside your tent and you're out literally in the middle of nowhere, odds are it's not a person. It's really probably not. And if it is a person, it's a person in your party that you're with. Right. Go back to sleep. Right. Leave it alone. Be quiet. Just go back to sleep. And so there was nothing you can do about it, you know. So I went back to sleep. I woke up in the morning and popped my head out of my tent and put my hand right in a fucking pile of shit. Ah, he pooped in front of your tent. All around my tent. Of course, Bob's stakes were gone. No. Dug out. Um, He, the bear, ripped open his cans, like literally tore open the cans and ate what was in the cans and uh, broke his beer bottles. Oh. He was carrying beer too. Good. The guy was dumb. Anyways. (laughs) So sounds like he wanted to camp and uh, have a bus. He did. That's the kind of camping you do that you go rent a camping space, A15 or whatever, Ooh. next to, you know, Julie and Jim Bob. Shots and fired. You, par- you, you party with a, a campfire inside the little metal camping grate next okay. to the toilets. All right. You know, that's Judgy. what you do. No. All right. If no, you want to bring, bring a six pack of bottled beer and frozen steaks, that's how you do that. That's how you camp. You don't hike four miles in with massive backpacks well, you can't drink beer if you <sighs> who well, what else are you supposed he to put carried in it in like i can't complain too a much a shovel with an axe he part? carried his shit in uh-huh. you know yeah <clears throat> i don't know all right fair enough maybe part of me was a bit jealous because i was yeah, eating fucking granola bars yeah. you know and this guy's I, got I had to, steak sauce and i shit. had to fish in the creek to get my dinner yeah. you know but anyways um misery loves company is it it was a bear a bear. Yeah. A bear had come in, eaten everything. And, and a fucking giant elk. And, well, no, that wasn't, this was years later. The oh, elk okay. was years later. Okay, the I'm bear stupid. was when I was 15 or 16. The elk happened when I was 23. That's right. I just combined those two stories in my head. Because all camping is just a nightmare. <laughs> just one continuous nightmare in my mind. So, yeah, the bear literally shit all around my tent. And everyone thought that was really funny. That is funny. Nobody else's tent. Just nope, yours. just mine. Mm. And I put my hand right in a pile because I wasn't paying attention. That's pretty funny. It was awesome. pretty gross. So what, what would you say when, you, when it comes to poop? Uh, where does a bear poop sit as far as kind of icky poop? Well, I put my hand in it, so it's gross. Right. You, well, know, you put so your hand in other poops before, I'm sure. I mean, I've seen well, you just playing with I, poop before. I have. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Scratch I have children, part. so of right. course my hands have been poop, been in poop. Right, so is bear poop some kind of, is it a friendly poop or it's is a, it a uh, scary friendly, poop? It's it's a, a big poop. Okay. It's a big shit. Uh, and it doesn't smell any different than any other poop. It's but it smells just like, like poop. A, a distinct it's a poop. poop. It's a poop. Mm. Yeah. Pretty much. It's a gift that keeps smells on. Like, smells like shit. Nice. Anyways, those are my two stories. Well, it's a good thing that bears probably don't shit where they eat. Cause see what well, he, he did because he went through and he ate all that shit. Yeah, but he didn't eat you. No. He, he <laughs> shat where you were. <laughs> he so shat all around he, my tent. He considered you the toilet. Uh, Lovely. I have a, a lot of nice things to say about stuff. I'm sorry. <clears throat> uh, by the way. Great selling points for camping. Each and every one of these moments throughout the podcast, you got me sold. I'll be just packing my oh, shit to go out goodness. there and uh, see if we can find ourselves a bear. And it's why buddies. would you uh, be apprehensive about any of these things? 
Uh, well, I don't. I mean, believe, you don't believe the stories, so no, I don't. Uh, but mosquitoes are obnoxious, and that's a real story. <laughs> you know, having fifty mosquito bites is not a pleasant way to spend uh, your day. Yeah, you came back like you just looked swollen yeah. when you came back from the last time you and Bear Bear went out. Yeah, I, I mean, you just were puffy. Yeah, I was puffy. Yeah, I was. You, you I poor was thing. Ill. I came back ill. Uh, you actually did come back sick. Yeah. Now that I think about I it, I was down for a while. Yeah, I don't remember what you had, but you had something. Yeah, I had Bear Bear fucking show me a good time in the woods is <laughs> disease. Uh, so probably some tick bit me or something. You didn't have any tick bites. Felt like I, it. You did get massacred by mosquitoes, I though. I did. There was a lot of that. And, you know, I think you can have enough mosquito bites that you end up with so much histamine in your system that it can make you sick. Yep. I would think. I think so. Because mm-hmm. your eyes were swollen. Well, you just look at it and you're like, I hate this so much. <laughs> and like the amount of itching, you're like, I don't know which one of these to itch. I just want to like mm-hmm. rip my arm off and you know bang it against rocks and see if that <laughs> Isn't itch. that the trip where I shared the lavender oil trick with you? Maybe. Where I was like, you oh, here, just put this on. No, it's the trip where I went by myself with Bear Bear and almost died on a four-wheeler. Great story. I do want to take you camping. (laughs) I really do. I think it would be a lot of fun. You're wrong. I (laughs) I think you're completely wrong. I don't know. I've been camping a lot. I don't want to camp You've only camped, you've camped twice with, once, once with me or twice with me. We've camped in like A14 once. Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah. We went to uh, Mount Madonna in California. That's right. And my my son and I discovered that they give you those single president coins. Yes. Uh, back as far as all the machines and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we went nuts. We cashed the shit out Oh, that out was so much fun. Was I enjoyed fun. that. We went on a little hike. Well, that's not camping if you're collecting presidential coins no. at the same time. <laughs> it's it's kind of. I mean, not. it's not. You're sleeping outside. Yeah. Kind of like a parking lot. You're sleeping in an outside parking lot. You're sleeping in an outside. It's not made of concrete. Yeah. It's just a dirt, grassy parking lot yeah. that you can have fire on. Yeah. Well, yes. Or no, maybe not even. Sometimes it's California. You can't They're have like, fire. don't touch anything. <laughs> you dirty, terrible person. Get out of here. Yeah. That is. How dare you try and enjoy nature? Nature doesn't want you. That is one thing I Be thought gone. was really interesting was there was no smoking. All the shit in there California. There was no smoking. How many lakes are like, you're not allowed to swim in this? It's like, is All it because of it's poison or is it just because you, you think we people are poison? It's because of you people. They're like, what? What's the point of lakes? Disclaimer, I am aware that lakes are not just for people to fuck around in and are an important part of our ecosystem with or without humans. Yep. I think if Come we, up to the Northwest. We have lots of lakes. We swim if, in all of them. If we would have made it out to like, um, I don't know, Lake Don Pedro... Uh, any of those lakes out there. Are um, us poor peasants allowed to swim we, in it? Or? I think we would have been able to go swimming. I think. At like, least, you get 10 minutes! Don't disturb the algae! <laughs> I was raised uh, at that lake, basically. I mean, I, I nice. spent all my time at that Lake Don Pedro. That's where my parents would take me. Nice. We were always allowed to swim. But uh, when we got there, when we moved back there, all the lakes, they had like fencing around them. Right. It was so weird. That was weird. I remember being, oh, there's a beautiful lake right here. And I was like, why is there cyclone fencing around the because lake? Because dirty, dirty people. <laughs> That's why, of course. And yet all the, all the other places in the world can have lots of beautiful lakes and it's, people swim in them and they take weird. care of them. And it's that's weird. not true. But anyways. People are dirty. Camping. Some about California and their love of government. Uh, yeah. Camping. So, no. Non, non-camp. Le moi mm-hmm. non. Okay, so this Le camp. <laughs> the last time uh, I went camping with mom, I go camping with my mom. But there was a time when I would camp in the backyard to get the camp experience with nice. mom. That's 
that's more acceptable. Yeah, we set the tent we set the tent up in the backyard. I'll I'll camp with the dinosaurs in the backyard. <laughs> that's fine. That sounds great. That's not really camping though, is it? If I can go inside and like watch Netflix. No, or, if, or you, have, if, if if my Wi-Fi could get to I me. I was gonna say if you're hooked up to your Wi-Fi. <laughs> yeah, my yeah, Wi-Fi. No yeah, shit. your personal not, Wi-Fi. Not that's Ranger not Jim's really, Wi-Fi. That's not really camping. Or Ranger Joe, or Ranger Randy, <laughs> or Ranger, Ranger Mighty Kyle. Uh, All right. I think this is the end. Yep. I think this is the end. I think it might be. So uh, what do you think? What did you, what did you like the stories? I like the stories. What I think, uh, they're all full of, full of something. Full of hooey? Full of maybe. No, I think they, they, they all experience stuff. They're Well, this woman ended up in the freaking like life flighted out to the hospital. Right. So something happened to her. Animal shit. It's, I mean, it does it have to be an extra, she's like, okay, it was a stupid badger and a squirrel <laughs> and I got in the middle. I was a trying squirrel. to break it. I was trying to break them up. They were fighting. I tried to break it up, ripped me apart. It's like the if squirrel. you get in between two cats, it's just, you know, nature's very dangerous and has sharp things. She didn't want to admit she was breaking up a squirrel and a badger. Yeah, well, so. you know, maybe she lost her shit and ran through. Who knows? Right. Who knows? I think zero supernatural things happened. I think lots of times people hallucinate. When it comes to growly things, mm-hmm. we've talked about, like, who knows what the fuck's out mm-hmm. in the woods? We, we haven't categorized every single animal. Is there another right. predator out there? Maybe. Maybe. Probably that not. That refracts light, that actually, like, <laughs> absorbs light. That's a little odd. But, I mean, that's what drugs will do, you know? <laughs> He's so, probably... Not, there were all these rangers are probably on drugs. I mean, maybe Yellowstone you, Park. Scriptkeeper. Maybe the Yellowstone Park system needs to hire people that you know. Maybe they need it, drug tests. Less, folks. less drugs. I okay. mean, who gets into that business? That's not like let's get really fucked up on drugs. I don't know. I mean, they're like at least mushrooms for lunch every day. If you're a park ranger, at least mushrooms. For I lunch. I've never known a park ranger, so I can't make that judgment. They're just but obviously you have the, known plenty all of, of them. Park I've rangers. met every one of them. They all have told me they're just like <laughs> mushrooms for lunch. We want they're the the reason why there's no more quaaludes because they have all of them. They're like quaaludes for dinner. No, I don't know. I have no idea what I remember saying. Oh my God! Well, this was fun. It I can't wait. Fun. Uh, next week we've got a serial killer. Um, I'm not going to preview that until we get to the inside shit on Monday. Right. Um, but the week after that, I do want to jump back to into return to, return the... to the cryptid weirdness. Okay. I'm signed yeah, up for it because there's more, and I'm going to tell that one big giant ass story that's like, what the fuck? Okay. I yeah. look forward to that one as well. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Uh, thank you to all the folks that do all the work for us and yes. uh, behind the scenes. It takes a lot of effort. It uh, takes a village. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it's certainly been fun seeing this village grow. Yeah. Uh, so we appreciate all of you, all of you in the litter box that are patrons, all of you that just smear the scat wherever mm-hmm. you are. We appreciate our trusted triad who direct a lot of that stuff and help us in so many ways. But mm-hmm. that's uh, Don and Chris and Bodie. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks to the garbage disposal and to the Godhead for doing secretive things and cool Facebook shit. And yeah. All that stuff. Uh, yeah. Info, info at scatcast.com. Scatcast is where merch is. Scatcast.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Patreon. All yeah. that shit. Patreon. And of course, the new uh, interactive scat books. Still mm-hmm. pre-orders until mm-hmm. March 10th, which is coming up pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's all I got to say about those things. Well, this has been fun. Thank you so much for listening. Now, thank you for telling us the story. Oh, yeah. I absolutely. appreciate it. I always love... This is my favorite day of the week. It's always so much fun <laughs> to hang out and have you tell me stories. I enjoy it. And I get to interrupt you. Yes, you do. And you do. And boy, interrupt do you. I am. I'm pretty good You're at it. You're good at it. I've done it now for 48 consecutive weeks. And, uh, mm-hmm. and you know what? I'm getting much better at being able to keep my mind on track <laughs> just plowing through like a bulldozer just plowing through the interruption I know. I'm just <laughs> throwing it off every time 
All right. As always, we'll talk at you in the future. And it'll seem like the present. Bye. Bye. Bing bong. (laughs) (laughs) The joke was over before we recorded that. Oh, God, you flipped me off. (laughs) I love you. Bye.